teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the senior pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Amen. My scripture is taken from the Gospel according to St. Luke in chapter 15. Hallelujah. From verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. And we say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a popular story. But the Holy Ghost who rather sent me here today. And started showing me things there. And I'm, I'm grateful. Can I ask a question? How many fathers want to succeed as a father? God bless you and you will. Beyond your expectations. In Jesus' name. You see, in this passage, father and the word father is mentioned seven times. And what makes it interesting was that Jesus was teaching on the principles of the kingdom. The only similar passage in the New Testament would be John in chapter 4 when he had to deter to go to Samaria and meet the woman of Samaria at the well. And they got talking. And he led the conversation in such a way that the lady brought up the topic of worship. And in five verses, you find worship mentioned seven times. So Jesus had a way on earth of teaching certain things. He's so thorough and deep that you will never forget. By the time he finished the woman of Samaria, oh my goodness, the whole of Samaria ran to Jesus because she had an understanding. Now, what he was teaching here, we're not giving the very, very crowd, but it was the Pharisees and Sadducees that were trying to just, you know, disturb processes. And so he had to teach them about restoration, recovering what is lost. First it was the woman who lost a coin or a trinket. Next it was the man who lost a sheep that would live the night and night 
and go after one. And uh, the father with two sons, and which is the segment we have read. I won't go into all the details because uh, we know all these stories very well from Sunday school. But just to call your attention to certain things as we thank God for Father's Day and for the lives of fathers. Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. Amazingly. So the first thing you notice that the father is mentioned seven times. So it now becomes important for me to explain the word father. Simply put, the first thing that comes to mind is the one that gave birth to you. Yep. But um, the Bible has about three different meanings to father in the, I mean, as we find in the Bible. Um, for example, in Genesis, hallelujah, chapter 4, 20 and 21, quickly, let me start with that. Apart from the fact that the one that gave birth to you, that's one. Look at this. Shall we together? And Ada boy Jabal, he was what? The father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. What does that mean? So father here means initiator, creator, the one that comes up with something that a lot of people are following. So we can see that vocationally we can have a father, professionally we can have a father. So you can begin to see father is the one that nurtures you in a certain area. What I'm going is that without nurturing, there's no fathering. Without training, there's no fathering. Without imparting, there's no fathering. So we discover that the other two, one, the one that birthed you, and number two, the one that didn't birth you, but fathered you. You say, really? Yes. Anthropologists will tell you that. That when you see father, you have the biological, which they call uh, the genitor, which is true. And the other one is Peter, that's socially the father. You see, the second one is the one that produced the person that we see. The first one is the one that biologically met with your mother to produce, gave the semen, gave the life, uh, caused life to grow in that woman. So you came, it's your father, okay? But for a lot of people, that man never existed in their lives. And yet, they are people of eminence today. Somebody fathered them. And that's why, like somebody will say, say if you look at the Bible, there are certain keywords that everybody is given because everybody has an assignment. The husband has one, the wife has one, the parents have, have one, the children have one. And you want to do the will of God and you want to prosper in life, just look at what's my responsibility in all these myriads of relationship. For the father, one word, love. Explain the word, not all. In his marital assignment, love. For the woman in a marital assignment, submit. For the parent in his parental assignment, you see love. You say how? He said, bring them up in the nurture and admonition. Can you see the word repeating? Okay, now look at the first relationship, husband, wife. 
And he says to the husband, no man yet hated his flesh. But we do what? Nourishes and cherishes it. And why is he saying that? Because he's saying, love your wife as yourself. Nourish there is nurture. So I say to the man, your first enrollment in this wonderful school that God has committed to you and given you the capacity for is your wife. You want to father? You start by fathering your wife. Because fathering is loving to nurture. You bring the best. You have what it takes. It's a real gift. It's only with fathers. When I began to see this, I said, God, please don't let me disturb me. And don't let me disturb you. Flow through me. Anyone that will have a rapport with me, a man, woman, let their best begin to churn out. In the name of Jesus. And God has been good to me. What with the man and the children, he said, don't provoke them. Rather, bring them up in the nurture and admonition. So your duty, sir, is as a nurturer. And these are the things which constitute your primary assignment in life. You say, what? You can be an engineer, you can be a politician. You can be a builder, you can be a teacher. That's a secondary. Your primary assignment is in your relationships. And God will not assign you without equipping you. Through a force. Come on. God, God doesn't waste time. For every assignment of your life, you'll be, you are adequately equipped. You are decked to the teeth. And so I say to us men, now that we know our assignment, I say, but what would you say, sir? Ah, the day you birth a male child, you birthed a father. I say, really? And so it doesn't matter whether you are married or not. It doesn't matter whether you are still believing of a child or not. You are a father. He said, really? Yeah. Isaiah 9 6. Unto us a child is born. But that child that is born is a son given. So you are saying, child, God said, it's my son I've given you. <laughs> that one has all the qualities of a son in the house. <laughs> and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. So can you imagine birthing a child, a male child, and so he is in the category of a child and yet a son and yet a father straight away. When you know, you will know how to handle him. And so the question is this. Now in this life assignment of nurturing, remember my wife is my first student. Then my children, the first one is the second student, the third one, hallelujah. What makes you think you can do it? It's not what makes me think. It's what God has decided. And it's equipped me for it. Otherwise, I won't be in this position. If I won't be a male in the first place. 
So I ask myself the question then, what is the tool he's given me? The tool he's given you is one. What is the tool? We just mentioned it. Love. Is somebody here with me? Love. That's all he's given us. Say, that's, that's it? Yes. And I wrote in the margin of my Bible, I say he's giving me the best. What makes you think that love is the best? Ah, because God himself doesn't just have love. That's the method by which he nurtures and establishes and concludes his assignment on earth. Can you see what I'm saying? He's not, he doesn't just have love that he uses. He is love. So God gave me his entire self for my assignment. I cannot fear. In the name of Jesus. Wow. And so that takes me into the characters of love. He said, what is it? He said, why are you talking so much on love? Because when the prodigal son began to come, the Bible said, the father saw from afar, he ran to him. Why? Because of the compassion. Love. First Corinthians 13. Oh, from verse. The whole chapter is wonderful, actually. But I'll take it from verse 4. Shall we together? Love what? Wow. Uh-huh. And is what? Does not. Wow. Does not parade itself. It's not. Not everybody I must be seen. I must be seen. It creates problem everywhere. It's not. Wow. Love. So this is who you are for your wife, for your children, and for all that will pass through your life in a relationship. You are a father. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek. Is not. Does not think evil. Go ahead. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And haven't they said it? No, 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 not love. He's still looking for the better to come out of their heart. Love. Come on, everybody read. Love. God did not raise you to fear. He didn't create you to fear. He didn't position you to fear. No matter the inadequacies in your life, emotionally and physically, you can't fear if you know who you are and what you have. You see the quality of this love? Now, let me take you back to our story. This boy approached his father at the beginning of the story. He said, give me which actually translated to look enough die if you must die now what am I saying there is a character that we find in children the selfishness you must answer him or her say child they don't they are not conscious of their surrounding other than what they need and what they want. At the time that this man thought that he had a man or had men, two sons in the house, one was still behaving like a baby, like a child. And of course the second one too. So you can imagine the heartbreak and the disappointment. So how did he survive? He knew his tool. Suffers long, gentle, 
find thinks the best even in the worst situation. Fathers. But this boy haven't got all. The father didn't. The Bible said he went as far, so selfish. Far away so he could spend it, don't mind them. But he came to the end. And he started suffering. And it was at the point where the options were few. It was either you die or you commit suicide. The Bible said he sat down, looked at himself, looked around, and all the fake voices that pretended to care, that muffled of the voice of the Father, they were gone. The friends you have, when it doesn't seem like you have anything, they are the best you can have. Otherwise, how do you measure whether they are fair weather or real? That doesn't mean that I can't have some wonderful friend that will last eternally in my life today. Therefore, the Holy Ghost will help me design. The Bible says at that point in verse when he came to himself, 17. But when he came to himself, and I would ask myself the question, you know why he could come to himself? Because there was an himself to come to. So how did this himself come about? Because he had been with the father for a while. There's been some nurturing. There's something to compare with. When he saw where he was, and where he was coming from, the Bible said he came to himself. Can I say this to you, sir? That what you're doing today, the seed you're sowing today that doesn't look obvious will be eternal. In the lives of your children. In the lives of anyone that you are fathering. In the name of Jesus. Ah, yeah. He came to himself. Then he said, I, my father, my father, my father. The servant eats with extra left hand. And here am I. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, I have sinned against heaven. Yeah. And before you. He came to a point where life is not limited. Does not begin at end your father anymore. He now knew that there is a father beyond his father. He needed to repent. And that made it for the father. When the father saw him coming, the force that moved him was compassion. No wonder. There's no record that he was angry, he was bitter, he was depressed. My mom used to say something. See, you all can see that useless boy, a useless boy, a stupid boy. But please, ask the mother whether she will agree with you. It's a pain. But she still be saying, it's my son. God help me. The father will just keep quiet. And if there's no counsel, that's what will kill him. But the father that knows his tool, love, he knows that love cannot fail. His 
hopeful. Love believed all things. Hopes all things. He's waiting. Happy Father's Day. And guess what he said? Make me like one of your servants. I'm your biological son. You are making others. And all I correlate with you, how I, all, I, all, all my relationship with you is give me, give me, come on. Don't you think that's the problem of Africa? When people who are supposed to be leaders, leaders are fathers. It's what they can grab. Not about who they can make. I say this of Africa, not just Nigeria. Nigeria, of course, inclusive. I say it not just, just of the federal government at every level. It's the billions that matter to them. It's not the lives that are wasting. We need fathers in Africa. You know what somebody said? He said, when they should be fathers, they are grown-up boys. They are so excited with toys. Toys. I'm buying the latest car. I'm buying the latest jet. And, and, the, and then, oh, ah, which, which girl is this? Ah, I've not seen it. Ah, toy. Children are excited with toys. No matter how much toys you give them, that next one is, I want that one. Daddy, will you buy that toy? The whole house is full of toys. Hey, I want that toy. Isn't there? Every woman is another toy. And they'll gather all they can to get more women. Uh, when all the children you should not you are die. Isn't that, isn't that the problem of Africa? And so when they get there, they don't want to go here anymore. Come on, is it from Africa? They say five years. They say they want to do, they don't do their we have leaders in Africa who were there for 48 years or 40 years. Some want to die there. So they can pack and pack. You will leave it. So when we have boys leading us, the result is what we get. It's a father. It's a fatherhood problem. It's leadership. Yes, what leader? A father is a leader. A, what does he say? He say, please submit, for your husband is the head. That is leadership. That is fatherhood. But what if the father is a boy? And a lot of times, it is indulgences that get there that get us there. Sometimes it's the major fault of the father, but sometimes it's you mothers that create it more. Because father's love will include discipline. The fact that he's screaming today does not mean he hates his son. The father is saying, you, come on, you get up, you get up, come on. I say, get up. It's because he's not trying, for goodness sake. We don't say abuse your son. But I say, don't provoke them. But there's a place for discipline. The mother said, no, leave him, feel there, give him everything. 
you've forgotten that that will be somebody's husband tomorrow. Make me! The man knew that a man has arrived. A boy left. A man came back. He said, it's a new beginning. Let's celebrate! If a child does not submit, he can be made. And that's why I say submit. And that's why we say to the children, honor them. And who do you honor? I heard it from Miles Monroe. The Bible doesn't say you should honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. And father, do not provoke them. But nurture them. So I have the wherewithal to nurture. Now the question you probably will be asking is this. Why is a a thing so important is so difficult to do? It's the most important thing in my life and yet the area of my greatest struggle. Don't you know that the area of my greatest struggle is the area of my greatest asset? Don't you know that we're dealing with some brains here? There's a hierarchy of demons. They don't break ranks. There are elemental spirits, there are powers, there are principalities. They are intelligent. The Bible says, look, I send you out as what? Lambs among wolves, Jesus was speaking. He said, be wise as the serpent. That's the devil, he's wise. He, he knows where to put the pressure. You are my beloved son. Or this is my beloved son. We are pleased. If you are the son of God. Can't you see that it is your area of greatest asset. That you will fight the greatest battle. Now you can understand why your family is the area of your greatest fight. You say why? Because by your make. And by your creation. You are modeling life and leadership. To your whole generation coming. If you can smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. You say, I'm angry with my wife. So you leave your family. I'm angry with my wife. Ah. Life is lived so fast, you don't know. When were you born? How old are you now? Count another 10 years. Ah, you need your family. I beg you, you need your family. That is the woman. I've forgotten it to you, huh? Forgives. Never just iniquity. So fast, long endures. The one word I remember my father sacrificed. <laughs> he said, Hey, my father, he made sure we all screwed well. I was 12 years old when my father and my mother separated. It was devastating. But my father made sure that we all went to school. He said, for many years, all my father had was one pair of suits and one pair of shoes. The rest, two, three slippers. And I will, we will wash it on a Thursday. We will fan dry it. I will iron it so he could wear it to church. 
all my grown-up life, I knew my father with one suit. And we would buy clothes at Christmas and Easter. He would buy for us. But he had one. To augment what he does, he had a small pond. He was rearing fish. Chicken. I said, I can identify. Yeah. I said, yes. All of us went to school. My father could not remarry. Where is the money? He would rather invest in his children. He said, Pastor, today I'm grateful to God. My father was the best that anyone could have. But with benefit of hindsight, I know where my father failed. The handling of his marriage. And I vow. In the name of Jesus, my marriage will be better. He said, now I live in my house, Pastor. But before I could build a house, I knew I had to build one for my dad. He said, he remarried two years ago. My dad is an octogenarian. He married somebody equally old, the wife of his late friend. He's happy. He stays in his house. I now stay in my own house. My dad today doesn't have just one suit anymore. See, the child you don't build, because that's your first assignment, will destroy everything you are building in the long run. But let me swing to the other side. How come this father survived when this boy was wasting his resources which he had put together, nurturing them and keeping for their future? He was a father. How? He knew what he had. The love of God. I can't That cannot fail. I give the example of David, a man after God's heart. But this same man committed adultery and murder. <laughs> And we saw how he turned back to his father. In fact, we don't hear too much of his, of his Jesse, his father. He was obediently keeping his sheep. But we hear every time in the Bible he would refer to God. God forgave him. But he said, this thing will not leave your household. But thank God for Jesus when he forgives his daughter. That the New Testament beat. So we saw how one of his sons raped one of his daughters, and another of his sons killed David, the warrior of Israel. The anger that will rise, he would have killed that one straight away. But that we just remounted in his house. He turned away. He remembered that. You know, remember what you did? You could only cry inside. When men realize their mistakes, they cry inside. That's why you should pray for daddy. Yoruba is a culture. I don't agree with it. They say, when, and when your father realizes you, he has wronged you, you say, eh, that's okay. They think it's not right for him to say, I'm sorry, I wronged you. 
when they realize that they have failed you, they begin to avoid you. And then they are quiet and they are David, Absalom came, sucked him out of the throne. You would dare contest the throne with David? He will kill you. He never lost one battle, not a war, a battle. Then Absalom came. But that was different. That was his son. Not just chased him out, slept with his wives in the public. Guess what? Ah, my son. He ran. <laughs> Was he running for Absalom? No, he will kill him. May God not let you use your hand to destroy what you are building. Amen. Now you can see why that father kept quiet. He must have been praying. He's wasted your resources. He's destroyed all. The day he saw him coming, demarciated. Head down. Somebody now went to David. Absalom is dead. He said, Yeah. They said he sobbed. He could not be consoled. Hello, Father. What has your son done? What has your wife done? What has your daughter done? Or is it that you realize where you have made a mistake now? You are the one that wronged them and you are the one angry. There's no basis for justifying yourself anymore. Why don't you just level up with God and level up with them? Like he leveled up with God and his father. Level up with God, your father. And come on, come on, come on. Your children are waiting for you. You have the best. Now, conclusion. A very sad story. But it ended with jubilation. Your story will end well. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, your story will end where? He said, but pastor, you have not answered. It's difficult. I know. Even with Jesus, it wasn't easy. Hebrews chapter 9. He said, he what? He laid down his life through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And you have him. Even this love we are talking about. We all lost it in the garden. But when Jesus came, come on, Romans, he said, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. How? By the Spirit. So the one through whom he came, he's still there to help you minister it. So practically speaking, so what I'm saying, Pastor, all you need to do to win, communicate this love regularly. See, we laugh over it. See, you see, you love, love me. Tell me. That's why you are there. Tell her I love you. Tell the children I love you. But beyond telling, demonstrate it to them. That's all God wants you to do. Even when they are hurting me, oh, it's unconditional. It's about your assignment in life. So how can I do it? Holy Spirit. Love cannot fail. I am confident I'm talking to sons of God, men and women, leaders of generation. See, I'm living my life now. I hope you know that. 
able to communicate his love to people. That's all. To my wife, to my biological children, to my social children, to my ministry children. That's what life is about. To my vocational children, professional children. That's all. And able to receive from the fathers and of course from the father of mother. And I think that made him happy. Finally, he recognizes God as the father. Father, the best you can do is to bring that child to a place where he recognizes his heavenly father that your work is finished. Doesn't mean you are dying. A man is born. A father is born. You are only a caretaker. Whether you like it or not. He says, tell them even if they don't believe you, just tell them. Even if they don't receive you, just tell them for me. Just tell them for me. Tell them that I love them. And I've come to let them sir that's all he wants from you communicate this love let the Holy Ghost help you there's so much in your future and the more you use the more you have today is over two children tomorrow is over a city the day after tomorrow is over a nation the day after tomorrow is over nations because he must reach them. And in the kingdom, what you use is what is multiplied. The days of grown up boys are over. The days of Africa is here. You say, Why are you talking this way? Are you in Europe? Shall we rise? We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.